How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Ryan's back in the mix here. It was me and Sam for the last couple days holding down the fort, but Ryan back at it. And you know what? We're talking about Yamamoto again because this is just a wild ride. I I'm kind of getting tired of it, probably like you guys are as well. I want it to come to an end. I want to find out where this dude is going. And right now, it seems like the Yankees are leading the pack. You know, everyone keeps saying the Yankees have the advantage. Yankees are, you know, but you just can never rule out the Mets who are supposedly presenting a serious offer to him. Um, could be this week. Could be this day. Could be this week. Who knows? But Steve Cohen really likes him. Obviously, this last weekend was kind of important because Yamamoto traveled to the East Coast specifically to visit with the Yankees and Mets. And I find it hilarious that, you know, the Boston Red Sox were interested, a couple other teams interested, he deaded all of them. He was like, I'm coming to meet with the Yankees and Mets. I am not going to meet with the Red Sox. So, you know, if you're a Boston fan, better luck next time, my friends, because he's going to a New York team most likely, and, you know, hopefully it is the Yankees. But, <clears throat> you know, at this, at this current juncture, the bidding process is about to take off. We know that Jeff Passan reported that the, the reports that he could be making upward of $300 million, we had offers for $300 million, are inaccurate. So now we wait to see what that real price tag is. Like, is it actually going to be 300 mil? Is it going to be 250? Um, we just don't know yet. And ultimately, for a 25-year-old who has never pitched an MLB inning before, $300 million is certainly expensive. It probably would be the most expensive international signing ever. So, you know what I mean? Like, especially for a guy who's never played here. Um, but, you know, what are, your, what are your thoughts on kind of the reports coming out uh, that he could get a serious offer for the Mets, you know, specifically came here to meet with both New York teams. How does that make you feel about our chances? And obviously, you know, the fact that he did the Red Sox is hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to say two things. Number one, I think that the Yankees were always going to be the AL East team that if he went to the AL East, it was going to be the Yankees. Like I, I had kind of always felt that way. Yes, I think the fit with the Red Sox just makes a lot of sense. They need starting pitching. They haven't had starting pitching, you know, in a few years. Uh, and they would really benefit from a guy like Yamamoto. Um, but, you know, end of the day, I mean, Alex, let, let's be real here. Financially speaking, the advantage for any team is going to go to the Mets probably, right? Like Steve Cohen is the wealthiest owner in baseball by far. Now, does that mean he has $18 billion liquidated to go, uh, you know, spend on the Mets? No. Um, you know, I actually wanted to pull an example here um, from somebody I follow on Twitter. Aaron, I I'm going to butcher his last name, and I apologize if you're listening to this. Um, but Aaron, I think it's Colney. I'm not going to pronounce it. Not going to pronounce it. I'll, I'll try to later. But um, he was like, yeah, like the Mets don't have $18 billion liquidated to spend on their team. That is 100% true, right? But they still have the most financial advantage here. They're the team that you would, if he signed a $400 million contract, you would say, oh yeah, because the Mets gave him $400 million. But their willingness to do so is unclear. And I, I personally don't think they're going to do that. Um, as for the Dodgers, obviously there's the appeal of they're the Dodgers. They're the most consistently winning team that's in the bidding for Yamamoto. They have Shohei Otani, right? Uh, Yamamoto's agent, Joe Wolf, came out and said, you know, he's open to playing with Japanese players. So that shouldn't serve as a deterrent. Um, and then on the Yankee side of thing, they have the historical aspect of it. You know, they probably have as much money as the Dodgers and might be more aggressive to give Yamamoto money than the Dodgers would be. So, you know, that's how I view the situation. You know, ultimately, Alex, and, and I, I think you agree with me here, the Yankees are the team that seems to be the most motivated in terms of like, we really want this guy. We've always really wanted this guy, right? Um, and maybe the Mets are like right there with them. But the Yankees have more appeal in terms of who they are as an organization. And then the dot and the Mets have more appeal in terms of just a little bit more money. Whether the Yankees are willing to match the Mets offer or not remains to be seen. Whether the Mets are willing to, you know, blow everybody else out of the water remains to be seen. And then the last variable here, whether the Mets what what does the Mets offer have to be compared to the Yankees? Like does it have to be $10 million more? 15, 20, 
25, right? Like those numbers really do change what this outcome is going to be. Everything seems to be pointing towards the Yankees as the favorites, right? And I say favorites as in like, you know, just better than the other team's odds, not necessarily the Yankees over the field. With Soto, it felt like, yeah, it's the Yankees over the field, right? Like, yeah, there was interest the Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays aren't getting Juan Soto, right? Or, yeah, like, the Giants might try, but the Giants aren't getting Juan Soto. With the Mariners, it was straight up, like, they're not going to pay Juan Soto. Like, they're not going to give him $33 million in arbitration. So, he didn't have competition there. I was way more confident in that. This is more of a cautious optimism, like, in, in the literal sense. But, you know, kind of the circle this point and kind of tie this all together... The Yankees need star talent, right? The Yankees are a city, uh, the Yankees play in a city of stars. The Yankees are, you know, the most, most iconic franchise in all of baseball. No matter where you go, no matter where you are, the New York Yankees, their hat, their brand, the logo, the jerseys, they're everywhere, right? You know, Juan Soto talked about this where he was like, you know, the Yankees, you know, everybody knows that the Yankees treat their players at, at, to a level that other organizations just can't. Nobody treats their players better than the Yankees do. I know that everybody talks about, well, you know, J Brian Cashman threw Stanton under the bus. Uh, they had issues with Severino and whether he should go on the IL or not. That's all fluff, right? Every organization has those type of issues. Every organization has moments where management and players butt heads a little bit. But what they, what every organization does not have is what the Yankees put into their financials and not just treating their players, the way that they treat players on the road. Like if you hear players talk about like the food they get from different ballparks and the accommodations, visiting players talk about how they're treated like royalty. Sometimes they're fed better at the Yankee stadium than they are at their own ballpark, right? So, you know, th this is an organization that prides itself in, in their ability to treat players in the standard that they have of excellence in that regard we can criticize baseball operations we can criticize you know the fact they haven't won a world series in 2009 but it, it, this one thing has not changed about the yankees and it will probably never change about the yankees and it is that people want to play for them people are like playing for them and they treat their players well and i think yamamoto you want the biggest stage which that's been the consistent report right he wants the big stage if he wants to be acclimated to the uh, to a new environment the best way to do it, I think, is in New York, right? And I think the best way to do it is with the Yankees. Now, you know, I, I think the Mets are a serious competitor. I think the Dodgers are a serious competitor. But as we kind of alluded to in the beginning, Red Sox are kind of out of it. I just, I don't see them making the money financially to do so. Um, I don't think the Phillies are that serious of a contender. The Bl Blue Jays, I don't think, got a visit either. So, like, all the teams that didn't really get a visit, I'm not looking at them as, like, oh, these are teams that we're going to look at and say they're going to be prime contenders for uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. This is now a three-team race, Alex. And if I'm a Yankee fan, and, and we've, heard, we've heard this from... Plenty of people, right, on our podcast, Shaq Ozuli Heron came on and said the same thing. You like your chances if you're the Yankees. Doesn't mean you're going to get them, but you like your chances. Absolutely. I mean, look, in my personal opinion, I think a lot of people will agree with this. The Yankees can't afford to lose him. You know what I mean? They can't afford to let Yamamoto slip away, especially to the Dodgers. If he goes to the Mets, you know, it would be a bit surprising, yes. But at the same time, you know, the Mets are not ready to win a championship now. So, you know, Yamamoto was going into Queens with the anticipation that the Mets are going to be competing in like two years, three years for a championship, and at, you know, at the very most. But the thing about the alternative is, if he goes to the Yankees, you can guarantee they are going to be pushing for a World Series in 2024. You know, that is their goal. The Mets' goal, and if I'm Steve Cohen, I'm, I'm looking Yamamoto in the face, how can you look him in the face and honestly say... We're going to compete for a World Series next year because it's not true. You know what I mean? It's simply not true. Um, and Yamamoto, and, and as we are hearing on a basically daily basis, he wants to pitch on the biggest stage in baseball. He wants to be at the top of the top. He doesn't want to be waiting for the chance to win a championship, waiting for the chance to make the playoffs like the Mets are going to be doing. He wants to be in the playoffs next year with a elite batting order and Garrett Cole as his running mate right now in, in the rotation. So, And then the hope that Carlos Rodon bounces back. 
that's where he wants to be. You know what I mean? In, in addition to the Dodgers, obviously they have Otani, Glass now. They have ridiculous Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. You know, they have a ridiculous team. If you want to be on the biggest stage, it's the Dodgers or it's the Yankees. But my friends, and if you guys have been to a playoff Yankee game, you know this. There is nothing like the Bronx in Oct- with October baseball. There is nothing like the energy in the Bronx with Juan Soto and Aaron Judge. There is going to be nothing like that. You know what I mean? There's going to be nothing comparable to that type of atmosphere in baseball. Yes, other playoff a- atmospheres, you know, even the Astros, they have ridiculous playoff atmospheres. But Yankee baseball is different in October, man. And you can ask any former Yankee. These guys, they lived for those moments. And you know... Garrett Cole in his prime, Judge in his prime, Soto on that one-year deal before hitting free agency, big money. He can make himself a lot of money just dominating during the playoffs. These guys are going to show up and show out. Yamamoto wants to be a part of that atmosphere. Um, you know, and this is definitely my Yankee bias talking because I'm sure the Dodgers have a great atmosphere too in the playoffs. Uh, but the truth is simple. The Yankees have been dying for a World Series for such a long time. It is going to be a different vibe. Yamamoto has a chance to be a part of that sequence in the first year. He doesn't even have to go through the struggles of having what happened in 2023 happen. He gets to walk in to a team that just reinvested in the the outfield in a way that's unprecedented in health and durability and youth. And he gets to be the number two right behind the best pitcher in baseball last year, you know, in Garrett Cole. What better sequence to go into? And the thing about the Yankees, we love Garrett Cole, right? We are huge Garrett Cole fans. How could you not love him? He's the epitome of consistency. We also love the guy next to him, which would be Yamamoto. Rodon could have been a superstar last year for us, right? He could have been the best thing that happens in sliced bread. But now Yamamoto could take that spot. And I actually think, Ryan, the competition between Yamamoto and Rodon to be that number two will bring the best out of both of them. You know what I mean? I think that in that internal competition that's going to be existing there, that's going to that's going to help them fuel their success. They're going to have that battle. And Yamamoto, he's like he doesn't want to be the little brother, right? Like that's the story we're hearing right now. He doesn't want to be the little brother. Like I guess the Oryx Buffaloes are the little brother, the JPPL, are the, are the Japan League. You know, that concept applies to New York too cuz we all know the Queens are the little brother. You know, the, the Mets are the little brother, right? Like that's you can't argue that if you're a Mets fan, like I, I, whatever you could argue it, but we know what's we know it's true. Um, if he wants to be the big brother, it's the Yankees. We know this. He can wants to win a championship now. He's gonna go to the Yankees if he wants to be, you know, in the highest, the brightest lights, the biggest atmosphere, and the biggest market on earth with the best sports recognition. It's the Yankees. It's not the Dodgers. Look, if you're a Dodgers fan, you want to argue that you have a bigger brand than the Yankees. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Like that's. I'm biased as a Yankee fan, but I'm also just not an idiot. So, like, that's kind of the truth here. The Yankees have the biggest sports brand, arguably, on the planet, you know, aside from some soccer teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona. You know what I mean? Even them, like, the Yankees are right there. So, you know, speaking about in terms of what he can – what this does for Yamamoto's future, you know what I mean? If you win in New York and you pitch in New York and you succeed, your value not only skyrockets in the MLB – but your international recognition, the stuff that you can do in brand marketing deals and sponsorships gets even crazier. You know, we're, we're talking brand deals, not USA deals. We're talking international brand deals. Um, so, like, that's that's where your, like, life outside of baseball gets a lot different, too. So, if you're Yamamoto and if I'm the Yankees, I'm like – and I'm, if I'm Hal Steinbrenner and I'm Aaron Boone and I'm, you know, Brian Cashman and I'm Matt Blake who was there at the meeting – I'm saying a couple things, right? The one is that we're going to make you richer beyond your wildest dreams, right? We're going to make you more wealthy than you could ever get anywhere else because after baseball, your career continues on. Two, 
You're going to be a legend with the Yankees if you reach your potential. Everybody will remember your name. Your legacy will be remembered forever. And people will hold you in high regard. Three, you're going to be walking into a championship-winning team where you can be a World Series champion in year one. Think about what that's going to do for your value and the love that you're going to get from the fan base. You know what I mean? Like, this is not an ordinary situation. He's walking into the best. Like, if you're a free agent and you're walking into the Yankees right now, if you're Juan Soto and coming in via trade, you are walking into the best situation you could possibly be in in baseball right now, aside from the Dodgers having this ridiculously great team. But they have so many stars, it's going to... It's going to drown out a couple of those other key pieces, like Yamamoto, for example. So, you know, this team needs that number. The Yankees need that number two pitcher. He fits the bill perfectly. I just think the selling points are too great. You know, the Yankees have too much to offer. You know, I'll I'll let you get your take on that because, yes, it is a biased take because we are Yankee fans. But also from, like, a logistical and also a financial take and also, like, just a future after baseball and a championship winning take, it all – it's just so hard to pass up on, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, you kind of alluded to this with, like, how much money you can make being a good postseason pitcher, right? Let's look Let's look at Jordan Montgomery, for example, here. Had Jordan Montgomery not did what he did in the postseason, is he a guy who can ask for $160 million, right? Like, that's I, – I don't think he is, right? Like, I don't think he can, he can ask for that. Uh, now, do I think he's worth $160 million? Maybe not, right? But, like, the postseason definitely does amplify your uh, resume. It makes you, okay, you are a guy who has, you know, shown the ability to pitch on a big stage and, you know, get the job done when it matters and all that stuff. You know, and and, and to an extent, that matters to some teams. Maybe that's enough to get them to give in on a little bit of your demands. Um, But, you know, the big thing for me here if you're on Moto is that you're probably looking to opt out before you're 30. Like, you're going to sign a contract and you want to opt out before you turn 30 because if you're getting this type of interest now, we're talking like people willing to pay plus the posting fee, $300 million or, or more than that, you know, imagine what you can get at age 28 or age 29 with four years of MLB experience. And as you mentioned, you know, consistent playoff trips, you know, deep playoff runs, getting into the uh, postseason, maybe going into the World Series, you know, maybe winning a World Series, right? Like, and if you pitch well in those games, you're going to make yourself a ton of money, right? Like, uh, y- y- you know, I-, I think one of the biggest reasons people remember Masahiro Tanaka fondly is because of his postseason performances. It's because in 2017, you know, in, in Game 5 of the ALCS, I believe it was, uh, he was absolutely phenomenal, right? Uh, it, it's because, you know, when the Yankees needed to rely on him in big games, he showed up and he was excellent, right? Like, you think Game 1 of the 2019 ALCS as well. You know, even in 2017, uh, you know, in, in his first start in the ALCS where they lost that game, he was still masterful, right? You know, he was, was he, you know, always a Cy Young contender in the regular season? Not necessarily, but, you know, you build that reputation in the postseason. Uh, and I'm using the Tanaka example here also because he's a guy who came over from the MPB, you know, and did sign a really big contract with the Yankees, right? Like, I know $155 million, not that it's not a lot of money because, Alex, I think you can agree, if we woke up tomorrow with $155 million, our lives would never be the same. But relative to, like, you know, the top contracts in the league, right? $155 million isn't the second or third or fourth or fifth largest contract ever given to a pitcher, right? But Tanaka at the time, that was big time money, right? That was huge money. That was a big risk for a guy who had never pitched at the major league level when we had less accurate data uh, regarding, you know, pitch shapes and stuff like that. We didn't track those kinds of things. It was a bigger risk. It was a bigger gamble and it worked out, right? 
And I think Yamamoto has an opportunity to really become a superstar. And, you know, I think it could happen with the Dodgers too. Like, I, I don't want to, I feel like all the points that kind of work for the Yankees with the exception of some of the brand stuff, you know, the Yankees are just a more iconic franchise. I'm sorry, that's just true, right? Um, you know, I think all those points also work for the Dodgers, right? Like the consistent success, the ability to say we're going to go on deep playoff runs, the ability to say you're going to be a World Series contender immediately, the ability to say you're going to be pitching, you know, on the brightest stage, you know, at least in the National League, right? Um, you know, those things work for the Dodgers as well. The thing I just question is whether the financial commitment from them will be the same as the Yankees. Are the Dodgers going to say, we need to have this guy at all costs? Or are the Yankees going to say, we need to have this, this guy at all costs? You know, I'm not in the Dodgers uh, front office. I'm not in their organization. But I'm willing to believe that the Yankees are just a little bit more inclined to go just that extra mile uh, financially. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be wrong. I, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I'm not sourced, right? And, and again, this has been a very private and kind of, you know, well-kept for agent saga, right? Like even the meeting with the Yankees and the Mets, like we found about out about that a day, the day of, and the day after for those two meetings. Um, and for the Dodgers meetings, like we found out about that the day of, right? Like we didn't find out he's scheduled to go to New York. We didn't even know about a flight to New York, right? There was no, Hey, Yamamoto's flying to New York guys. That stuff was private. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is, is, is going to be speculation and you know, yeah, this is going to be a tiring process, whatever. But for Yamamoto, He's going to make a lot of money, and he wants to know where he's going to be making his money. He wants to get as much money as possible. He's just doing all the things that you and I would do if we were in this situation, which is try to get as much money as possible. Remember, guys, there's an incentive for his MPB team as well, because if he goes out and gets more money, his MPB team gets more money, which probably helps them in free agency or whatever it may be. So there is more than just Yamamoto here, right? Like, you know, obviously agents are always involved, but, you know, there is an, an ulterior motive for him to go out and get more money. It helps his former team. And, you know, it's not like he wants to, you know, kick them to the curb and anything like that. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, where you want to be, right? We're talking about where you're going to move into the United States uh, as a first time, you know, first time moving out here and living out here, new country, new environment, new society, all that stuff. You want to be comfortable where you're going, right? So this is going to be a long process. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see this go to, you know, January 4th when his uh, deadline ends, but I also wouldn't be shocked to be signed tomorrow. So we're just kind of in the dark here, but end of the day, the Yankees are in a really good spot. They know they need him. Their starting rotation was not very good outside of Garrett Cole last year. It was downright bad. I'll, I'll go to that extent. I believe the ERA was over five. Um, they need guys who are going to pitch deep into games. Yamamoto can do that. He averaged about seven innings a start uh, over the last three seasons. And they need a guy who has the excellent stuff, the excellent commands, the deep pitch mix, all that stuff. There is just too many reasons to like this guy. And I think the Yankees are going to go out and do whatever it takes to get him. Um, and yeah, like that's, uh, I know, again, we come off, we're going to come off as biased. People can clip this and get angry at us and whatever it may be. But, you know, when Yam when it's two weeks from now and, you know, the Yankees are, you know, in the midst of signing a record-breaking contract for Yoshinobu Yamamoto... We'll come back here and we'll we'll revisit this episode and we'll talk about it and we'll sit here and we won't victory lap, but we'll sit here and talk about how we weren't off base, you know? So that's how I'm going to, I'm going to be confident about this enough to say that. Agreed. You know, I, th I think that we're, we're pretty much, we've been pretty spot on for a lot of these things. I mean, acquiring Juan Soto, we, we were really hammering that one home and how important it was. Um, of course, we did not, I don't think anyone saw the Verdugo trade coming, but we had talked about it in the past in terms of. Uh, well, one thing I will say that we hit on, we were like, Glaber Torres for Verdugo sounds ridiculously dumb. And thank God they did not do that. They Instead, they sent a couple of minor league pitchers, um, some of which were not going to be here anyway. So, you know, like Greg Weiser was never going to be really an impact player for us, for example. And, you know, with that being said, 
Um, the Yankees managed to get a solid left fielder in Verdugo, you know, for a lot less than we had originally, you know, talked about with Glaber Torres, which we thought was a terrible idea. And then Juan Soto, of course, we had to give up a haul for him, but we're going to see why that's worth it. And getting Yamamoto is going to make all those pitches that we lost, Michael King, Drew Thorpe, it's going to make it a lot better. It's going to make it a lot less, a lot less painful. Um, but guys, always happy to hear thoughts at the end of the day, uh, down below in the YouTube comment section. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.